Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Pushing the Limits. This week I have an amazing author, researcher, cancer survivor, Jane McClellan to guest. Now she is the author of a book called How to Starve Cancer. Um, Many of you will know who listen to my show regularly that I am on a cancer journey with my mum who has been diagnosed with high-grade B-cell lymphoma which is a blood-based cancer. Um, She's had a tumor removed in the brain, and now we're fighting the lymphoma part of it. Um, This lady has been, uh, was put onto my radar by Dr. Elizabeth Hewitt, who you had on the show show a number of times. Um, Her work is absolutely astounding. If any of your loved ones have been, uh, have cancer, um, if it runs in your family, you need to listen to this episode. Her Story is remarkable. She has survived three times terminal cancer herself, and she has been a relentless researcher for the past 20 years, um, developing different protocols and different ways to starve cancer, not just with food starving it, but blocking different pathways that feed cancer and cancer tumors and cancer cells. Um, It is a well-known fact that cancer uses uh, glucose and sugars, extraordinarily highly so you need to avoid that but it gets a lot more complicated than that um cancer is very clever at changing its fuel source so we go into a little bit into the details here um you, you really should uh, read this book, How to Starve Cancer, if you're at all affected by cancer in your family, if you have high risk factors. Um, and one in six of us is going to get cancer at some stage in our lives, and you need to know this stuff. We discuss the problems with the current uh, standard of care oncology versus uh, the metabolic approach to cancer and some of the limitations um, that we are facing. Um, and the latest in research and her knowledge is absolutely amazing. So I do hope you enjoy the show with Jane McClelland. Um, if you're wanting, uh, before we head over to Jane, if you're interested in DNA testing or in epigenetics and understanding your own genes and how they impact your health and your life and your optimal performance, then we'd love you to check out our epigenetics program. You can head over to lisatarmity.com and hit the work with us button in the navigation. And that will take you to our page that tells you all about our epigenetics program. We've taken uh, over a thousand people through this program now, and it's been uh, game changing for for many people. It's like getting a user manual for your body. It's uh, all the information about your genetics and how to optimize those genetics from a food perspective, from an exercise perspective, supplements perspective, from a predispositions to uh, different disorders, uh, a whole raft of things, even your mood and behavior, your personality, and so on and so forth. So make sure you do check that out. Go to lisatarmity.com. And if you wouldn't mind giving us a rating and review on the show, we would love that to happen. Um, Please do that either on iTunes or Apple or uh, any of the good podcast apps that you listen to. Or you can head on over to our YouTube channel. We have a really big YouTube channel where we publish the podcast, but also lots of other stuff. I have all my documentaries from my ultramarathon days on there as well. Um, We'd love you to subscribe on there. If you want to give back to the show, that's one way you can do it by subscribing on YouTube and doing ratings and reviews. So thank you very much for your attention. And now over to the show with Jane McClellan. 
Hey everyone and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today I have someone that I'm just super excited. I can't sort of contain myself. I've, I've even dragged my sorry ass out of bed really early in the morning to do this interview because I'm super excited. I have the lovely Jane McClellan with me. Now Jane is a cancer expert. I don't know what to call you. I was going to call you Cancer Queen but that doesn't really sound very nice does it? <laughs> Jane welcome to Pushing the Limits. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I Eva. am super honoured to have you. Um, I've been talking to a number of doctors and, and I said oh, I've got Jane coming on the show and they're like oh my god really and I'm like because you're a superstar in this, in this world so um, thank you very much for taking time out of your family. Don't feel like it but anyway thank you, you so much. You are. You're absolutely amazing. <laughs> now, just to put the, the people in the picture, <clears throat> um, I'm on a cancer journey with my mum. She has lymphoma. We've just had a brain tumour removed. And this is how I came across Jane's work because an amazing doctor in the States pointed me in the direction of How to Starve Cancer, which is Jane's book. Jane, for people who don't know you, can you explain a little bit your backstory and why you yeah. got into this in your amazing book? Yeah, it's, um, well, my book is kind of two halves, really. The first half is my journey of how I discovered my metabolic protocol and the approach. And then the second half is kind of the science behind why you need to block particular pathways and starve the cancer in a particular way. Mm -hmm. So I was first diagnosed with cancer back in 1994, um, cervical cancer, and uh, I was a trained physio at the time. So I had some medical background, but I totally relied on the medical profession to uh, to get me better, uh, not realizing really that it had spread, spread to my lymph nodes. And um, actually, you know, it was quite advanced when they found it. There was a lot of errors with um, the screening and colposcopy clinic the whole thing was a shambles frankly yeah. um, and I should never ever have got that far um, my doctor was eventually you know removed from the NHS there was a massive national um, recall of all his patients and it, it was it was a horror show yep anyway so I sort of fell between the gaps there in that process and ended up with uh, quite an advanced cancer. Um, they treated me with chemo and radiotherapy, normal kind of stuff, surgery, obviously. And, um, you know, I couldn't have children, which was kind of, I was only 30 at the time. It was hugely devastating for me. Um, that actually, to me, was the big thing. I mean, I didn't really see death as um, a problem back then. You know, I was yeah, more you were um, engrossed with, with the fact that I'd, you know, all my dreams and hopes for the future had kind of almost gone in an instant that was my big hope so um I, I I was really devastated and in a really gloomy place for a long time uh and to compound things my mother then got stage four breast cancer and died in 1996 mm. um but that was kind of a wake-up call to me and then I investigated a whole load of stuff um for cancer and realized that you know I really wasn't doing enough for myself so when I was diagnosed with stage four, which was in 99, because it had spread to my lungs, um, normally you're given a sort of a 12-week um, death sentence at that oh. point with my type of cancer. And um, <clears throat> I, I, I kind of 
knew that what they were giving me was not enough. And I always felt that the answers were out there somewhere, buried in papers and research, and that we just weren't using a big enough cocktail to to blitz the cancer. And I'm not against traditional treatments. I'm all for, you know, chemo, radio, they do work because they reduce the, the tumors, but on their own, they don't get rid of the cancer stem cell. Yeah. And the cancer stem cell had only really been discovered back in the 90s. So this was new stuff. And, you know, I I didn't really know much about this at that point. But um, my my instinctive knowledge was that to starve the cancer cell was probably the way forward. I knew that um, glycolysis and Otto Warburg, uh, uh, the research behind that was was. Uh, already available to me. I knew that glucose was strongly linked to the progression of cancer and that um, if you start particular um, glucose pathways, then the cancer would be stifled in some way. What I didn't, and I, I, I kind of then got to the point where I realized that starving, if you just starve glucose, then people would be getting better. Mm. So it's more than that. And, and what I'd worked out was that cancer does rewire itself. It reroutes itself. It finds new metabolic pathways and not just glucose. It uses glutamine, which is an amino acid, so a protein. And also it can use lipids, so fat as well. And all of those can provide fuel for the cancer cell. But the trick was trying to find ways that would actually starve the cancer without, you know, having to go on a starvation diet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is why I called my book How to Starve Cancer Without Starving Yourself. Because yes, Yes. diet is important. But, you know, if you've got cachexia or, you know, really you're really wasted from cancer, it can be really hard to, uh, to, to try and do this approach without actually, you know, particularly the dietary thing. But what I use was, um, off-label drugs, supplements, um, intravenous vitamin C, which helps block glycolysis, yes. which is that thing. Love it. Um, but intravenous vitamin C on its own doesn't work. You know, again, it's yeah. got to be that combination of blocking different pathways at the same time. And it's important to get that, you know, in your head that it's not just one thing. It's never one thing that's going to cure cancer. And I did this cocktail, kind of put together this new, my own little cocktail of things that would block the glucose, the glutamine and the fat uh, in in this little uh, cocktail of mine, targeting multiple pathways. And I've kind of since then, I've done endless research. My God, you you have. But to actually understand cancer metabolism, I'm kind of self-taught. I started off from a position of, of no knowledge at all. And I've just basically built up my knowledge. But I, I think because of that, I've seen it from a different perspective. Absolutely. So doctors come from it from a sort of, a, you know, it's genetic, blah, blah, blah. And they're mm-hmm. kind of indoctrinated in that thought. And they don't see that actually the metabolism is, is more important, actually, yep. because the genetics, if you have a genetic mutation like the P53, mm-hmm. for example, which is commonly mutated or deleted, well, there's something wrong with it in pretty much every cancer. And that relates to glycolysis, to glutaminolysis, and in fact, to um, feroptosis, to this XCT antiporter, which kind of pulls in cysteine, which is another amino acid, which uh, creates an antioxidant environment for the cancer cell to withstand a lot of treatments like chemo and radiotherapy. All of those things which create a lot of oxidation the cysteine through making um, 
um, glutathione in the cell will actually protect it from those things yeah so and that's you know it's it's the whole protection element of the cell that we need to break down and and focus on the cancer cell and actually work on treatments that target the, the cancer cell but leave your healthy cells untouched and this is where starving cancer is really uh so important because cancer cells are really hungry your your normal cells can survive and withstand starvation for long periods of time you know we're talking yeah, sometimes weeks, you know, but your your cancer cells can't. They they really don't like that at all. Um, so there is a killing deal. Yeah, <laughs> and, and extended fast has worked for some people, but it can again be a little bit tricky because you mm. can then stimulate um, autophagy. Yeah, so you've I'm, learned a lot. You obviously, oh yeah. <laughs> <I've learned laughs> um, you, you've been uh, you've been studying this, but um, but yeah, autophagy generally is sort of is a good thing, and it's kind of in phases. Mm. You have early autophagy and late autophagy, and actually stimulating one is better than you know. So so you you're trying to get um, uh, an autophagy to kill the cancer cell, but you don't want salvage autophagy, which kind of brings in new nutrients. It learns to scoop up. Um, nuclear side salvage yeah yeah so can i stop you there just for a second because my god we just covered the whole <laughs> yeah, i know i know i've got verbal going. diarrhea for god's no, sake just no. run me back and just <laughs> no, no, let's 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 some um, uh, unpack some of these things firstly yeah. um yes yeah, so i because with the journey that i've been on and my listeners know about my story with my mum actually this is right. my the book that i've written relentless yeah which was a six-year six journey back from massive aneurysm <laughs> And we were told that she would never do anything again, that she had massive brain damage. Um, And so in that journey, I learned that the medical profession has blinkers on when it comes to anything that is outside. So like you, I went to PubMed and I went to podcasts and I went to scientists and doctors. And I found ways because I knew like you that the answer was out there somewhere and I just had to dig it up. And I had no background in this either. I just dived straight on in and, you know, three years later, my mum was back to to full health, full um, power of attorney, full driver's license, you know, like really back from the brink of nothing. Absolutely amazing. Now we're on the second journey. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm diving into A new learning process. Oh, (laughs) and I'm diving into this world of cancer, which to be honest, I hadn't ever gone. I'd done a little bit of research because I was always fearful that someone in my family might get it, but I hadn't. So I I was very much aware of the metabolic versus the genetic um, yeah. you know, the the two models, if you like, or the two theories. Um so I w- I just wanted to touch on Otto Warburg for starters because back in nineteen thirty-one he won the Nobel Prize and basically in nineteen twenty-four, I think it was, when he came he worked out the Warburg effect, which is basically showing, and this is what we use for PET scans today, that sugar is sucked up or, or, or glucose I should say is sucked up like 20 times more or something ridiculous in cancer cells than in your normal cells and this was uh, the first sign really that this is a metabolic disease first and foremost um, and then your work looking at uh, the genetic component and how that's actually start so because the argument has been where does it where is the origin is the origin in the mm. mitochondria is the origin in the genetics i don't think it is i think it's the tumor microenvironment so it's the influence on the stem cells and you can ha- we have normal healthy stem cells but if they are in a in an environment which is actually promoting cancer so you have uh, 
inflammation, which is always implicated with every single cancer, IL-1 or IL-6. Mm-hmm. These are inflammatory, what's known as cytokines. Cytokine. And these are kind of uh, signals that go into the cell. Now, they don't arise from nowhere. These come from things like um, obesity, yep. um, carcinogens. Um, you know, you can have lots of different factors that will cause interleukin-1 and interleukin-6 to be raised. Um and the wrong type of fat with obesity is what does it. So uh, a lot of not the just that, fat. not everybody is fat who gets cancer. You know, I wasn't. Um, there were other factors. And, you know, then you've also got uh, things like toll-like receptors. Yes. And these are um, kind of ancient pathogen receptors. So these trigger as well. And these are always upregulated in cancer as well. So these things actually come together alongside other factors as well. There may be too much estrogen. The hormonal influence may be completely wrong. Um, and it may be promoting because estrogen promotes growth. Yes. Um, it may not be the initiator, I don't think always, but it is a promoter mm-hmm. of cancer. So I think a lot of people stop the estrogen. And I think it's a good idea in many cases to reduce your, your um, estrogen exposure. And that can be plastics. It can be cooking in the microwave. I just, yeah. all sorts of things, wrong, you know, just, and now it's just about everywhere. We've got tiny bits of microplastic in the air as well. Now it's just yep. pervasive. So xenoestrogens um, everywhere, oh, and, and this God, and this cool. also goes to because I studied genetics and epigenetics, and knowing you and understanding your estrogen pathways or your hormonal pathways yeah. generally, because that plays into it whether you've got the inflammatory yeah. type of estrogens predominantly or the or yeah. the normal type of estrogens. So and so that, you know this is especially for cervical cancer which you had and breast yeah. cancers and and those types yeah. of things that are hormonally driven. Um, but so there's a lot of so do you not think that it starts in the actual mitochondria? because there is this big argument I know that the, no, the I, I don't I don't believe it does I think the mitochondria is affected by the um the signals that come in from the outside mm-hmm. and there may be bacteria things like that that we haven't actually detected and viruses um viruses, viruses yeah. themselves into and I think a viral component is pretty much in every cancer as well again we haven't detected what all of them are um, you know, Epstein Barr, yeah, that's my exactly. She's got cytomegalovirus, the, the HPV. But I think these things actually affect other cancers as well. We just haven't detected all of them. I think it's wow. a sort of this grand concoction of many things. Um, and you know, liver cancer, classic one, you know, hepatitis and things like that. So, um uh, there, there are these viruses that can cause cancer, and I think um, it's a combination of the influence of kind of like these things acting a bit like a parasite. They type, they they change, they they affect the mitochondrial DNA because you have this circle of uh, DNA in the mitochondria as well as DNA in the nucleus of the cell, mm-hmm. and these things talk to each other. The mitochondria yeah. talks to the nucleus, and nucleus talks to the mitochondria, but you get things called uh, micro RNA, which are triggered by epigenetics. So changes in the surface and the environment around the cell triggers these micro RNA to then go in and trigger certain changes within the DNA of the mitochondria and also of the the nucleus as well. That's actually what's going on in the COVID vaccines. And and it's kind of a a crosstalk between different 
you know, between one one part of the cell and another. They're they're all linked together. Um, so you know, I, it, I don't think you know, people who always say, "Oh, it's the mit- it's dysfunctional mitochondria." Yes, you get dysfunctional mitochondria, but that's you know it's the a, other a way downstream, around. Okay. A downstream effect. As far as I'm concerned, that's the way I see it. Okay. Yep. It's how I how I work it out in my head and how I can see. I know about the micro RNA. They don't arise from nowhere. You know, they are triggered. Uh, and n- they're now looking at um, RNA and microRNA as ways of detecting early cancer. So before it turns into a proper full-blown cancer, this is a new detection route that we are going to see come through in the next five to 10 years. It'll start becoming wow. accessible for people to actually find out if in five years or 10 years, you're going to actually have lung cancer or colorectal cancer. bit scary, but actually... You can prevent it. And people are saying, oh, you can't prevent cancer. Of course you can prevent cancer. You just have to understand, you know. Don't tell Jane she can't do something. (laughs) No, never tell me. (laughs) (laughs) You'll find a way around it. (laughs) Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So this so is quite I, exciting. Is this the same? The so the, the mRNA that's in, um, and this is outside of your warehouse probably, but yeah. um, the mRNA that's in the COVID vaccines, is COVID, that, yeah. so that is actually telling the instructions of the nucleus yeah. what to do yeah. so that to produce certain exactly. proteins. Yeah. yeah. That's, isn't that a, a frightening, because I, you know, I, 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 um, the connection between that and, and, and possible cancers, like and that's just been but a some thought. Some people like, are actually finding it helps them with their cancer. So wow. it's it's interesting to see what will happen there. Mm. Um, I know a lot I've of people. Heard of it, it. Like, I'm not. I'm not particularly keen on the. And I've had to have the Pfizer one because I was. I've just had my booster and I wasn't given an option on it. But I had AstraZeneca actually to start with because I didn't uh, want the yeah. the. Uh, mRNA particularly because we don't know the long-term effects well, this of is yeah. my concern because just you know yeah. connecting the dots in my own head with my own research yeah. is that yeah. the toll-like receptors that you mentioned earlier yeah. um and the the innate immune system can be can be can be hit by this so I'm and, so, and there is some preliminary studies coming out now that the innate immune system has been hit in this way um, yeah. And that we are changing. So, um, you know, I mean, yeah. we don't want to go into that bloody deep, <laughs> but it is know, cause for another con- rabbit hole to go down. Oh it is God. cause for concern, so, though. I think yeah, um, yeah, that we, that I, we I haven't got we know enough about it yet, and just the long term effects of how it affects our immune system with dealing with other infections, and how exactly. you know I, we don't know yet. And um, no, so you would have prepared your body having to have it. I mean, um, we're in the position too now where we're being mandated yeah. left, right, and centre. I've lost my uh, ability to work a lot, um, yeah. but I'm sort of holding out at the moment. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing my research. I'm just doing my studies. You know, I'm just open to both sides of the argument, but I want yep. more data. And and, and what yep. um, I'm seeing is concerning me, uh, you know, and I think um, we needed more longitudinal studies on this, you know. Uh, probably, yeah. you know, we, we should We've dashed into it and yeah, um, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I think, no. you know, most of us do need to have a vaccine. Um, but wow, we are, you know, we just don't know. But it is an experiment at know. the moment. It is. It is an experiment. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll we definitely need some herd immunity. We need something. And, yeah. and I think it does, you know, it's helping protect a lot of people. But 
if, if you're prepared to go ahead and get the natural infection and whatever, you know, a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, well, I, I it's think bitter antibodies. Be, yeah. Um, people should have the choice of doing that if they want to run that risk. But the problem is it's putting other people at risk and you, you get slated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, and, and, and that's a big a argument. So, yeah. it's, a, it's a big yeah. ugly hole at the moment in the world. It is. For sure. It really is because you can't, you know, it, it seems like you don't really have a choice at the moment. Um, yeah. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, like, um, but, but but it's just interesting to see some, when you, when you study, start to study something like cancer um, and, and study and, and understand the implications of things that you're putting into your body a bit more yeah. on a deeper level. Like when I was reading your work, I was like, oh, my God, I've been giving her things like um, vitamin E and NAC, uh, N-acetylcysteine, and not, which is perfectly fine for a person who hasn't got cancer. But in yeah. the state that I didn't know that she had cancer, um, I'd been doing the wrong thing. Um, well, there are um, there are arguments for having small doses of NAC just to sort of boot your immune system at times and to actually detox and things like that. It's not all bad, but if you're trying timing. to go for a kill phase and kill a cancer, yeah. I mean, and also after chemo, it can be very useful just as a short hit just to try and um, boot the immune system up. And the same with glutamine. People get very scared about yes. taking glutamine. But actually that's taken up by the gut um and uh, and actually what you're trying to stop is the glutamine getting from the blood circulation into the cancer cell you can't stop glutamine um in the system you've got glutamine everywhere, everywhere. but it's actually the transport into the cancer cell and the use of the glutamine and the breakdown uh-huh. of glutamine in the cancer cell and you so, can use off label so drugs think- for that yeah, you use a, a, a various number of things and supplements as well. Green tea yep. is particularly good for stopping uh, glutamine transport. Yep. So uh, that's that's a, a, a top, you know, it's something I, I recommend pretty much everybody has. Yeah, because it's, 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 it is a timing. Like we, uh, with mum, the, the day that we went into hospital initially, we thought it was a stroke because the right side of her face had dropped and she was slurring her speech, yep. et cetera. Um, we got sent home. Um, they couldn't find anything in the CT scan. We went back in three days later. They sent me home again. I pushed and pushed and pushed until I managed to get an MRI. Got right. the MRI and there was this big tumor on the left side. Um, and we had an amazing neurosurgeon team who took the tumor out. But but the, from the day that I knew that it was a tumor was the day that right. I stopped. Um, I basically, because I didn't know enough at that point, I went, no, yeah. nothing but vegetables is going in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While I work this out, Ma, yeah. you've got to have, yeah. to have vegetables. Yeah, good, 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 good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she, actually, just as a, because it is, it's like a, right, okay, start from scratch and uh, – yeah, you do, and it's it's a you know it's not something that t- you can't you can't just do this overnight. Unfortunately, understanding the metabolism and understanding how particular cancers work because I'm not a sort of a, a one approach fits all at all. You know, I know that different cancers feed in different ways, and you have to um, tailor your approach a little bit to to you know is it feeding more on glutamine? Is it feeding more? You know, what are the mutations? How do they affect the cancer as well? Because because these affect the metabolism. So like the P53, like we said, or the the MIC will affect um, 
glutamine predominantly, but it also affects glycolysis. So there are there are different, you know, you have to look at the whole picture. Yeah, and I'm and still working that out. That, yeah. yeah, I know, I know. I'm it's <laughs> quite a bit. I, I, I will be doing, eventually, with my online course, I will be doing more little things about specific cancers, I think I'll eventually do it. Yeah, because like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I think uh, three quarters, three quarters of the way yeah. through your course at the moment. Yeah. So I'm, and we're still, we're, we're actually off to the oncologist after this or hematologist because right. we've got lymphoma, uh, B cell lymphoma, high grade B, right. B cell lymphoma. Um, okay. So I'm still working out which which mutations there are. I know yeah. there's there's ones like CD20 and uh, CD45, but I don't know yeah. some of the others. And so I'm still working out which pathway. So poor mums on a very limited diet. Okay, I can tell you B-cell lymphoma is very responsive to ferroptosis. Oh, okay. So And then that, because um, I've been yeah. studying ferroptosis, but I haven't quite got a grip <laughs> on it. Okay, okay, okay. Right, well, yeah, the... Um, GPX four actually needs to be looked at in in depth with that, but we'll we can have a little chat afterwards about that. Okay, that would be appreciated. Um, but yeah, that's the enzyme that breaks down um, superoxide um, dismutase, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, it's um, it's oh um, glutathione peroxidase. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, and uh, you can help it with things like ashwagandha, danshen. Um, things like that so okay we might have a quick yeah. chat afterwards yeah. it's, it's, in, it's in my book <laughs> it's in your book yeah yes. okay because because the fear got a video it's at the end of my online course ah, in the i haven't got the section no i, I realize that but yeah. <laughs> i do discuss it um at the end and in fact you have to be a little bit there are certain things you need to do to protect the brain from ferroptosis as well. So you want to kill the cancer cells, but yet you want to protect the brain as well. Yes, which um, in her case is... So, yeah, exactly. But um, So um, it's important to take um, what's known as HDAC, histone... Deacetylase. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, inhibitors, inhibitors as well. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, yeah. So the HDAC inhibitors, so this is like... Um, the marks on your DNA, isn't it? It's like the yeah. the acetylation marks. So, so is that to do with like aging as well? I'm just connecting dots here. I'm just uh, is it, uh, aging is more with the telomeres, which are at the end. Um, those two, but then there's the acetylation yeah. or methylation marks that yeah. they use well, biological. Um, okay, well you're I ahead think. of me on that one, but yes. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they are totally related to aging. Yeah. <laughs> HDAC if you don't okay. properly, you are definitely not getting the best effects from your your treatments, and uh, it's worth checking her homocysteine levels as well. Okay, and uh, because methylation, I have like, that's been a question that's running around um, in my head about the methylation, and is it safe then to you know I I know her methylation genes are very very poor, um, and this right. isn't a consult about my mum, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, I can pay you for that afterwards. Um, but the meth- when the methylation is poor, do you want to be supporting it? Because I'm I'm scared of supporting that if that's going to upregulate your you know your cysteine and your um yeah your well, methionine. The thing is, you need you need um 
you need fairly normal or low homocysteine levels. And in yeah. order to do that, you need to actually sort of sometimes take enough B vitamins to, to, to lower your homocysteine because the cysteine, the cysteine, the cysteine part of homocysteine can provide a backup replenishment of cysteine for the cell. If yes. you're, uh, if you're trying to do ferroptosis and you have high homocysteine, the cell will just use homocysteine to replenish it instead of, you know, so it's, it's important to, um, to look at making sure homocysteine levels are, are low before you actually start the ferroptosis. And that's, that's important. You don't want to overdo the B vitamins because again, you can go the wrong way yes, with you it. Can, exactly. So, yeah. That's yeah. Been my concern, so, um, so but you need, off. so you need to monitor the, uh, uh, the levels and you also need to, to monitor homocysteine as well. It's important to look at that and CRP as well. And Check yes. inflammatory <clears throat> levels. That's and those, protein. those have been, you know, on my radar for a long time. And I talk because I teach, you know, talk um, epigenetics with methylation um, and helping people understand that uh, for a healthy person. Um, yeah. And in this case, I was just like, Oh, you know, because that could be upregulating the wrong things. If I and like her, so homocysteine and CRP are actually really low. So um, okay. that's really right. good. Um, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I need to keep an eye that if she's got enough B twelve, especially uh, with with the stuff that she's on, um, <clears throat> and that we keep that in balance. So thanks for yeah. for um, sort of clarifying that a little bit for me. I'll, I'll do a bit of a deeper thing into into that whole area but just to go back to the whole uh, your your story when I read your story I bawled my eyes out through your book because I was yeah because I have been there with my mum and myself actually with my own health journeys and with my father who I I lost last year um with a system that's not listening and treating you like you're an idiot Half yep. the time, um, yes. and you know, and 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 got the blinkers on, and in, in oncology, you know, I'm about to start on the oncology journey because we're going for our first well hematology today, but you know, this will lead into oncology, um, yep. and I'm actually really scared of this because I know that they're probably going to take all this research that I want to bring to them and shut me down. Um, and I've seen this happen before. Last year, I had my father in hospital who had a massive um, aortic aneurysm and yeah. survived the operation, but unfortunately developed sepsis. I very up on the research around intravenous vitamin C, and I fought like a crazy woman to try to get him intravenous vitamin C in the ICU. I fought for 15 days against the uh, ethics committees and the hospital boards and the, the whole intensive care unit team um, to keep them on life support while I fought this legal battle. Uh, I won the battle, but it took me 15 days and I was, um, was it was a non-disclosure agreement, um, which I've since ignored because I believe that that was coercion. (laughs) Um, I won the battle, but it was 15 days into his battle. And by then he had multiple organ failure. And despite that, the very first intravenous vitamin C that we got, and he was at death's doorstep, like he could die any moment. 
Um, it turns around, he, they got him off noradrenaline. His C-reactive protein um, dropped massively. His white blood cell count improved. His kidney function went up. Um, and that was from one small dose of, of 15 yeah. milligrams, uh, 15 grams, sorry, of vitamin C. And you're meant to have that every six hours in the case of sepsis. That's the protocol. Six hours and ideally much bigger dosages. They stopped me doing the second one. They stopped me doing the third one. I had to fight 18 hours every time to get it through. Um, <clears throat> two days later, of course, by, by this time, my GP, who was actually administering it, because that was the only loophole that we could find in the system that she could actually come up to the hospital and do this for me. She yeah. then told me, look, we are now beyond what anything can help. And I lost my dad. And this has made me very much, I never wanted to be an activist in this space, but it's yeah, made me no, very neither. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to see yeah, that. No. no. But um, you're forced no, into these situations. I'm not the person that stands up and makes a fuss. I'm the last person to do that. But you have to fight for your rights. You really do. And when it comes to this, they don't have the answer for cancer. They don't have the answer for sepsis. And even B vitamin, you know, high B12 can actually help with sepsis. But they're just not looking at it in a natural, you know, they're not looking at the cheap options because, of course, big pharma yes, don't want that. Big pharma is behind pushing it. them, pushing them into these really toxic, uh, you know, let's do lots of um, antibiotic cocktails and yes. things. We just... Yep. Yeah. Mega, mega amounts of money. And um, in, uh, when my dad, after my dad died, I went and got five of the world's top scientists and doctors in vitamin C research and actually had them on yeah. the show to share their insights to actually right. get this information. I heard the yeah. other day that yeah. somebody used our case and has now survived sepsis and got now. And that's my point because I yeah. want this to help, just like you with your book that's helping yeah. hundreds of thousands of people around the planet. You know, yesterday I was on the on the uh, a call with a doctor in Thailand as soon as I mentioned your name he was like oh awesome what are you on you know like give me all the dosages of the things you're doing and yeah. and he they were all over it um uh so they have they are these are integrated oncologists these are people that have actually opened their eyes and gone hang on a minute maybe they are right mm -hmm. and it's the same with yeah. vitamin c when i went in the icu to talk to them about intravenous vitamin c they think they thought it was like having an orange they didn't understand that it becomes a pro-oxidant in these high dosages when it's intravenous it's no longer an antioxidant and it's doing a complete it acts like a pharmaceutical when it's done in those high doses um, <clears throat> so it was just but you I, and I came with the clinical studies in my hand to say, hey, these are the clinical studies, read them. And they were like, we don't care about the clinical studies. It's about the, it's whether this is legal for us to do this or not. Yeah. So in yeah. my opinion, my dad died because of a legal battle and not because yeah. of the sepsis. Yeah. Now, we had a wonderful surgeon. They did a wonderful job on all of that, you know, and I'm super grateful for all of those people that do their amazing jobs, but we have got big problems in this system. And this is why you and I are both in this space now, yeah. me in a different, <laughs> smaller capacity than you, but it's very, very important work. And when, yeah. I, when I read, like, understood all these metabolic pathways that you're talking about, and there's, I don't know how many is in your metro map. Um, we'll put links to all this in the show notes, by the way. But then you can start to shut down because so many people are just told, okay, you've got a terminal illness, go home and pack your bags. There's nothing we can do. And that couldn't be further from the truth. No, yeah, exactly. It's it's just not 
It's not an honest answer. And if they really, if they really did their research, they would know that. And um, I, I just feel so sad for so many patients that are told the wrong thing by their oncologist. Immediately they go into that negative thought process and then they can't be bothered to try. They're not bothered to look. They're not, you know, they lose all will they lose because will. it's been stripped. It's been stripped of them. And, and unfortunately, the, the white coat is very powerful. And, it, you know, as soon as something comes out of a doctor's mouth, I mean, we're in, in indoctrinated and ingrained to think that, you know, even even though we know that what they're saying can't be right. It, it somehow sits in there and you go, oh, and it, 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 it puts that element school. of doubt in mm. you, whatever. It really does. Um, and I think that's, it's, they, they really need to, I, I, I really want kind of like medical school, just purely on cancer metabolism for people to 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 come and learn. And maybe my online course is going to do that. I don't know. I've got it a is. lot of doctors who signed up now. Yeah. Um, I'm really pleased. And it seems to be sort of word of mouth going around the sort of the the oncology, well, certainly the integrative circuit for doctors to sort of listen. Well, I've approached four. So I have um, about eight doctors working on mum's case um, because I want lots of different. (laughs) I am am relentless. I am totally relentless. Four of those doctors were all over your work. They knew everything about it. In Australia? In New Zealand and in in America. Sorry. So one of the doctors in America, she's actually the one that sent me, Dr. Elizabeth Yerth from the Boulder Longevity Institute. Shout out to her. She's amazing. Check her out. Um, Should uh, she be on my list? She should be. I might. I should I should have these people on my um, my website because yeah just uh, send me all the details afterwards. Yeah. If okay, well, definitely I shall connect it. you two ladies because you'll love each yeah. other. Brilliant. And um and and my my local GP knew she had your book on her shelf. She'd done all the studies. Dr. Tim Ewer down in the South Island, um, president okay. of the Australasian Integrated yeah. Medical Association. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so reader, um, you got was it? Sorry. Bill Reader, Dr. Bill Reader. No, I haven't. No, I haven't got him on, but I do know who he is. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Someone to add to uh, the team. (laughs) Yeah. And Katie Boyd, who's brilliant. She does, um, she's more um, sort of nutritional help, I think, but she's brilliant. Just interrupting the program briefly to let you know that we have a new patron program for the podcast. Now, if you enjoy pushing the limits, if you get great value out of it, we would love you to come and join our patron membership program. We've been doing this now for five and a half years and we need your help to keep it on air. It's been a public service free for everybody and we want to keep it that way. But to do that, we need like-minded souls who are on this mission with us to help us out. So if you're interested in becoming a patron for Pushing the Limits podcast, then check out everything on patron.lisatarmaty.com. That's P-A-T-R-O-N dot lisatarmaty.com. We have two patron levels to choose from. You can do it for as little as $7 a month, New Zealand, or $15 a month if you really want to support us. So we, we are grateful if you do. There are so many membership benefits you're going to get if you join us. Everything from workbooks for all the podcasts, the strength guide for runners, uh, the power to vote on future episodes, uh, webinars that we're going to be holding, all of my documentaries and much, much more. So check out all the details, patron.lisatamati.com and thanks very much for joining us. 
yeah. yeah. And so all of these people are very much aware of your work. So you, sometimes as a, as a, as, you know, as an author, I know that, that my book is out there doing its job without you sometimes don't get that feedback. Um, no, you, you don't. don't. <laughs> you don't get all that feedback. I'm totally unaware of yeah. the impact really until somebody comes back and says, oh, you do know everybody's talking about you when in the oncology clinics. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Causing, you could be causing um, a lot of stress. And I don't like to think about that really. Uh, and, and the other thing is that it's all very personal because my story is very personal. And you think, my goodness, all these people who've read my story and they feel like they know me. <laughs> no, and they do. And they do. And, and, yeah. and they know a piece of you. They know a piece. Yeah. Of, and I've, I've had that journey too because I've written three books. Actually, I'll send you my books. Um, yes, please. And and you are putting it out there, but but you you know you're walking along the street and someone will just come up and hug you and go, oh my god, it's just so you know like and and you realise I haven't had that yet. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they don't hug you over it. But then that's COVID, probably. Yeah, maybe it's COVID. COVID. (laughs) (laughs) But I get constantly unless I'm at a conference. Yeah, and it's it's gold because then you know, oh, maybe I'm in making a tiny little bit difference. The difference between my work and your work, though, is that in my book, I didn't have like a full plan of attack like you have mm. like you've developed this incredible roadmap for for me to follow whereas yeah. my book is a story but and I have some of the the things like hyperbaric and the epigenetics and stuff in there but it's not a roadmap per se to come yeah. back from brain yeah. injury um that's yeah. I you know I haven't put the 20 years work into development of that and so I what 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 astounds me with your brain now you've you've basically taken all the knowledge in, from you know thousands and thousands of scientists are working on the cancer problem for decades yeah. and you've You've come along and revolutionized the whole model and you I, haven't even been to medical school, you know. No. <laughs> I love it. So I've simplified it and said, right, let's break it down into, you know, and 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 it is the tumor microenvironment, I believe, through to the cell signaling, to the cancer metabolism, to, you know, how it produces growth factors that then kind of switch off the immune system and then you get this runaway fast dividing cell. But there's a whole load of stuff which gets ignored with current treatments that is not treating those earlier phases, um, which happens in every, you know, to, to, to produce new new cancer. Um, and those once you've got this ongoing, fast, rapidly dividing cell, you need to be attacking every single stage of that, really. Uh, and actually, the more um, the tumor environment kind of comes top almost, you know, because that's kind of creating an environment for cancer to just continue to grow. So if you can work on that and epigenetics is the big thing there, and then you work on the pathways as well, you, you're making a massive difference. And the diet side of thing, it just amazes me that we haven't accepted that in mainstream oncology yet. And it's still, you know, doctors look down their nose at you if you're say you're going to change your diet and they just laugh at you yeah and they know um, from pet scans that they use like yeah. they're using glucose like hello yeah but they're not but then they say oh well you know if you cut out sugar it'll just use something else yes it does but you so need to know how to block those things <laughs> yes exactly so, and at the start i didn't um, know how to block any of it so i just said don't eat you know pretty much just having yeah, veggies and yeah. that's it yeah. uh, and, and if it, i could have yeah a full fast I would have done a full fast but she wouldn't do it so um what uh, I do have a question for you um do you know Dr. Dom D. Agostino 
and his work. John Dykes, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've met him a couple of times, but not really spoken to him much. Oh, well, yeah. he is pretty fascinating too. And he has uh, a very clever brain that, that's putting different different aspects. I, I think I should introduce you two again to try to connect and find a little bit more. Um, very interesting guy. Is, uh, he's looking at, at things like hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and yeah. he stumbled yeah. into the cancer Jones, research. Exogenous. Yeah, exogenous ketones. What is your take on exogenous ketones? And the key, like, um, I think melanoma and prostate cancer are uh, a couple of exceptions. But do you think exogenous ketones have a place in this? In this, uh, you don't want to be having um, acetate, uh, but what you do want to have are the um, uh, the BHB. Yeah, yeah, hydroxybutyrate. Yeah. yeah, because that is an HDAC inhibitor and that actually will That's help right. with ferroptosis. Um, That's right. So, yeah, yeah, that becomes part of my ferroptosis protocol and it ah. will help protect the brain. So, yes, I think actually they are, you know, well, really useful. Yeah, um, I've been diving into his work as, as well yeah. in the last, um, just in the last week, really. And I've now yeah. got. But again, mom. it's a kind of a kill phase with the HBOT. Yeah. You know, you're oxygenating, uh, but you can make it far more effective if you add the ferroptosis protocol alongside what he's doing. I mean, he was saying that um, actually HBOT doesn't work particularly effectively unless you have it within about 15 minutes of intravenous vitamin C. Oh wow! But I don't think you necessarily need to do that. I think you can, you can, if you create the right environment of a sort of oxygenating environment with lots of other things, then I think the HBOT probably does help. Yeah. Um, so I think he's a bit dogmatic about that, but um, I, I. But yeah, know, I think it. But he, yeah, there's. Um, I've had mum on exogenous ketones just for the last four days, and I was concerned because of the the whole glutamine thing. But then I, I yeah. Um, no, don't worry about that. I think actually, right. you know, you, you, yeah, start looking at um, that. It's a whole total new list of things to take for ferroptosis. So it's working particularly on um, things that will create these what's known as uh, reactive oxygen species so these free radicals yeah so oxygen free radicals in the cancer because cancer really doesn't like oxygen so it's um it's creating that environment that's where yeah. the, the intravenous vitamin C, like today we're heading yes. over to do a, we're following the Redden protocol as far as the intravenous okay. vitamin C, so we're going high dose. So we yeah. did 30 grams yesterday, we're doing 60 grams today, I hope we're getting 60, and then 90 yeah. on Friday in combination okay. with the yeah. hyperbaric oxygen therapy and she's on the ketones. And that and, and is in and there's a whole load of stuff like. I haven't got that yet. And, I, I've okay. got that on, so, yeah. Yeah, fenugreek. Um, there's a whole load of stuff that will actually stimulate um, the the production of free radicals, uh, and you can really boost the effect of that um, massively by taking the right cocktail. But you need to avoid certain antioxidants like yes. luteolin and um, genistine, um, and uh, what else? Um, so yeah, green the tea Artem- actually. Yep. The EGCG is okay, but the uh, the tannins in green tea you want to avoid because that oh. prevents apoptosis from happening. Oh, so only take the tricky. actual tablets. Yeah, it is very tricky. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. artemisin, t- I can't say that word. Artemisin. Yeah, artemisin. 
Yes. Um, I haven't got that yet. I only found out about that okay. one yesterday, again, from a doctor yeah. in um, Thailand. Um, right. Who told well, that, me. That will really help the intravenous vitamin C work much better. Bagger. Again, I got it today. Pro- <laughs> well, you can, don't panic. You can do it next time. Um, <laughs> but it's all about getting, you know, the, the correct effect. Um, and uh, And this is where there's a slight, you know, you've got to be a little bit careful that what you're doing with one thing doesn't counteract something else. So the kill phase is a little bit more specific, which is why some people manage the starve phase and that's enough to gradually get the cancer to disappear. Yep. But if you've got a much more aggressive cancer that's kind of got its own, you know, it, it, the metabolism yeah. is that high that it actually needs a kill phase to knock it off, then you need that kill phase to be much more specific. Um and just doing chemo can, uh, you know, that it can be helpful because cisplatin actually works synergistically with ferroptosis. So that's actually oh. quite a useful chemo to take. What uh, about tamozolide? Tamozolide. Yeah, I can't say it like that. <laughs> TMZ. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's not well. It's it's a chemo. It will produce free radicals. So yeah, you can you can do all these things alongside. But actually, cisplatin particularly helps block something called the XCT antiporter, which is the thing that brings the cysteine in. Okay, okay, so, so that might be so, a bit in. so it helps. Yeah. yeah, it's a better in terms of um, chemotherapy. It can actually help a lot better. Cyclophosphamide, I also think, is quite synergistic with it as well. A low okay. dose of cyclophosphamide, because you know, um, with a with an eighty year old mummy um, who's yeah. you know very fragile, the yeah. the whole chemo thing scares the crap out of me. And yeah, I know okay. that TMZ um, is a little bit less toxic but it works yeah but it works synergistically with um berberine in the brain brilliant um you've probably seen the graphs in my book where you've got um you know just tamozolide on its own and then you've got metformin on its own and then you get the combination of the two berberine yeah. is similar in that it works actually very much like metformin but it's actually working on more fat pathways as well which is important because fat your brain is a really fatty yes. uh, area and actually uses some of the fat to to feed itself which is a bad thing um yeah. so you know it's about is- getting the the correct um the correct combo which is really critical. But, your um, particular cancer and your particular... This is why you have yeah, to start doing I mean, some yeah, uh, specific ones. Gets, <laughs> Come on, Jane. My, quick my brain is kind of like, like full of stuff. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, because I, I'm, I'm doing the, 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 the hyperbaric, the, the high-dose vitamin C, hopefully going to get some chemotherapy in the mix. Not that I want to, but um, and um, we're already on things like berberine, metformin, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and berberine will actually help the uptake of vitamin C as well. Oh, it helps to yeah, full of- helps. Yeah, it, it upregulates those glute receptors, which is where the intravenous vitamin C enters. So it it sort of allows the um, vitamin C to work better. Right, I'm taking the berberine to I- the office today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, then my, was, uh, yeah, my 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 cancer, my own personal cancer markers went down to the lowest ever when I was having intravenous vitamin C, 
berberine. I'm sure it's having a load of other things as well. But um, yeah, aspirin as well. You know, that can really help peroxidosis too. Yes. Um, And it stops at um, the platelets. I've just got to the platelets part on your course where the platelets, um, so that would help too, wouldn't it? The aspirin. Yeah. These are all yep. so off-label drugs. So we, we, people, when we're saying off-label drugs, these are, these are simple, readily available drugs that are off patents. Usually the are things like aspirin, the things like atavastatin, and the things like metformin that have a huge safety profile. They've been used for years and they block certain pathways that feed the cancer. And so this is yep. what we're doing, taking a combination of these things in order to try and block all of these pathways as best we can um, to kill the the cancer stem cell as well as the actual daughter cells um and this is and this is what we've been talking about i hope hope we haven't lost people in the in the process there is a couple of there that um do you know uh dichloroacetate um dca and and then two deoxyglucose and um nobody seems to know about those ones um where yeah. to get them uh, okay. or the three bromopyruvate yeah all right so uh well the 3bp has got i think too many side effects really uh-huh. um and it's not one i would readily recommend people to to take uh dca you have to be a little bit careful sometimes with the brain because it can cause a little bit of inflammation which if you've got a you know a, a tumor pressing on in an enclosed space in the brain that's a potential disaster although i know people who have used it to good effect yep. with the brain so um but i i, I just lower. put out put that out there as a warning that you know you need to to be a little bit careful with that um and 2dg you know that's kind of like an alternative it's a fake glucose if you know what i mean yes um so So it's like going into the body recognizes it as glucose but the cancer cell can't use it it's a bit like putting uh the wrong fuel in your tank in your car um uh, and it doesn't run uh so it's it's the same same principle, but it's blocking those glucose glycolysis in particular. Um, but melatonin will help with that as well. Oh. Um, so, yeah. So the, the, there are lots that you probably, you need to re, redo my glycolysis um, and the glucose module in my yep. in my course. So I, I go through a lot of stuff in there. Um, and melatonin, it's a bit, I'm just having this debate on Facebook this morning, actually, because um, I think, Melatonin is one of those things that may be a bit like vitamin C. In low dose, it acts as an antioxidant, but at a high dose, it might act, actually act as a pro-oxidant. Yep. Um, so I've done quite a lot of research <laughs> on melatonin even prior to, to this, and it, it has um, some really good sides and some really bad sides. And I think um, Dr. Ewith actually would be a good person to talk to uh, at the Boulder right. Longevity Institute. Um, so I personally have got mum on um, – 20, 20 uh, milligrams of, of melatonin um, and, and being an older adult anyway, she's not producing her own melatonin um, probably. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's something to do with the mitochondrial transport pores um, without losing people too much. <laughs> um, that that it, it has some really good effects in that regard as well. Um, yeah, and it, and it blocks some of those glycolysis pathways. Uh, the, yes, the yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like lactate dehydrogenase and things like that. So it's it's actually um, it's really good for helping to block particular um, parts of of the breakdown of glucose. So right. it's actually preventing the cancer cell from being able to use it. 
So where do you know where to get two deoxyglucose? Is that available on uh, anywhere? Like it's, it's not a message you somebody in Australia. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so where do you think, like from here on in? So you're going to develop more uh, resources for particular cancers uh, because this is the, as, as someone going through the course and going through the book who's loving this roadmap but is slightly confused now like you know and, and because I've been like you know pressure cooking my brain trying to get all this stuff in, and yeah. um, I'm throwing the bus at it so pretty much everything that's on your list I'm trying to get um, right. we well, don't need to take everything so in my course I go through different pathways and different so you don't need to take you know, everything that I talk about for every pathway. You know, what you have to do is be a little bit more selective. Okay. In fact, actually, if you look at if you look at the way that the cancer works, it'll so if you block oxfos, it will upregulate the glycolysis and vice versa. If you block glycolysis, it will use more oxfos. So those oh. two, if you block those two really effectively, you pretty much snuff the thing out if you do it really well. Right. Unfortunately, most people don't. But then then it will start to use a bit of uh, the glutamine more. So again, you have to look at that. But um the other things that you need to look at are things like the fat. So, you know, new research comes out with pancreatic cancer that actually it's lipids you really need to be blocking um, alongside, you know, other stuff. But lipids are really very powerful. And that's actually how I managed to snuff my cancer out. One of the main two pathways that I uh, worked on was the cholesterol pathway. So yeah. looking out the mevalonate pathway with step with statins, mm-hmm. with lovastatin, and then I knocked out the SREB P2, which is a, an alternative cholesterol pathway that the cancer cell will use. If it can't use the mevalonate pathway, it uses this other one called SREB P2. And I blocked that with another drug called dipridamol, which is this old antiplatelet drug. But luteolin, there are, you know, delta tocotrienol, which is a vitamin E, which I think is fine, but you need to stop possibly for ferroptosis. Yeah. Oh, for it, it's un, it's, I, I'm not entirely convinced but you know alpha tocopherol which is the really powerful antioxidant you need to avoid right but delta tocotrienol which is a different type of vitamin e i i suggest people take that to block the p 2 pathway as a natural alternative but um you probably do have to stop it for ferroptosis i don't know it's there are a whole load of unknowns at the moment with and this, this is evolving. It's a new stuff. It's new stuff. So I can't say I know absolutely everything about ferroptosis, but my God, I've done a lot of <laughs> delving. Okay. Hell yes, you've done a lot of delving. You know, and then and then, you know, no, I, I won't stop. You know, I keep finding out new stuff. And yeah, I mean I don't and it's evolving. I, like I, it, I really it, wanted it, it, to leave cancer behind me. Yes. <laughs> said, Here's the book. Get on with it. And yeah. See you later. Me. I'm gonna go and go sailing or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Got my boat. I want to go off sailing around the world. You can't, Jane. I'm sorry. You put her on the surf to help so many people. And yeah, I get, I get that. <laughs> I get that. You're like, right. I'm done with that. Can I? It's yeah, up to you exactly. guys now. Leave me alone now. <laughs> and you. You certainly, I mean, even if you did, honestly, the work that you've already done has has going to have massive, a massive impact and massive effect. And this is why these little podcasts and things around the world, yeah. getting this sort of messaging out is just so, so important because it might
might save more lives just from this one hour that we spent. And therefore, it's really hard to know when to stop, isn't it? Um, and it is still evolving and science is always going to be evolving. And in two years time, I'm sure you'll tell me more nuances about whatever to take, you know. But yeah. this is a whole, like this is a, at least a, a pathway for people who have been told there is no way forward, you are dying Jane's been there. You were told 12 weeks to yeah. live roughly yeah. when the, yeah. the lung uh, cancer hit. So um, yeah. that was how many, 30 years ago? No, <laughs> it was, well, that was 99. And then it ended up causing myelodysplasia in my bone marrow, which was really the kind of another, uh, another shocker. <laughs> yeah. You should have been dead three times. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, uh, and that's when I started taking the cocktail because I realised that whatever I was doing was not enough uh, and I had to take it up a notch, you know, that that um, just doing intravenous vitamin C, the supplements and everything else that I'd been doing, strict diet just wasn't enough and that the cancer had got the upper hand again and I needed to just bring in some more big guns, as I call them, in order to sort of knock it on the head. But I never thought I would survive. You know, I just just assumed that, you know, I, I might be buying a little bit more time. But that the it was always um, a, a big leap of faith. And I, I had no idea whether it was going to work or not. Yep. And then I've since worked out, you know, exactly what pathways, because this is all, when, when back when I was doing it, nobody really understood how statins worked on cancer. The whole starving cancer was just something that has emerged more and more and people go on, aha, oh yes, it does starve cancer. And then then it's sort of working out all the different pathways and and it's become more and more obvious that actually starving cancer really is the key. It's the critical key that we're not using in conventional treatments in order to unlock that cure. Um, you look at um, childhood leukemias and they use um, something called asparaginase, which blocks the glutamine because these, these cancers are very glutamine driven. Um, and once they started bringing that in, it's a metabolic drug, blocks it, starves it, Boom! They went from about twenty percent survival to ninety percent. It wow. was like an overnight asparaginase. Yeah, it, and that's it was just like a, a, an overnight sensation. And they've improved the formulation of it a little bit because it was a bit toxic to start with. They've they've made it less toxic now. Um, but we should be using that with some of the other cancers that are very glutamine driven as well. Lymphoma. You know, these oh. things um, are, are really. Uh, quite, you know, I just wish, wish that the oncology profession would just wake up and realise we still we have a lot of the tools that we could use for other other cancers if we just looked at it as a metabolic. Doesn't quantity. make anybody rich, Jane. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's the problem. Same with hyperbaric. I mean, I've got a hyperbaric yeah. over in the yeah. corner there. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't make you rich, and and no. um, and this is the problem. They want that. And then when they've spent 40, 50 years in the genetic, you know, we started off really well with what Otto Warburg's yeah. thing in the yeah. 1920s in the right direction. And then we took this left turn and we've gone genetics for the next 50 years and the whole genome yeah. project, which sucked billions and bought absolutely yeah. bugger all, <laughs> yes. um, a little bit. 
they have they have discovered that it you know there are some key metabolic pathways that have come out of that because we know that the p53 does this and it does that and the kras does this and you know has this metabolic effect and people just get oh let's target the gene well the gene has an effect on the protein the protein creates enzymes it creates you know it has things that have an effect on the cancer cell itself and the way that it you know expresses itself the way it feeds the way it metabolizes this is what we need to be targeting and it's the epigenetics once we stop that and we work on those epigenetic um, pathways then we can shut down the cell the cancer cell will stop stop behaving like a cancer cell and revert back to behaving more normally yeah as a doctor you said to me uh, last week on a, on a podcast um if you take the mitochondria of a cancerous cell now let me get this the right way around if you took the yeah. nucleus of the cell and put it you know a, a cancerous yeah. nucleus of a cell into a normal cell it will just it, but it's got normal it mitochondria to be normal right. if you yeah. go the other way and you took yeah. faulty mitochondria mitochondria in yeah. All, yeah, then you get cancer. It's all to do with the metabolism and all to do with um, the the effect of the mitochondria on, on, on the cell. And if we can change dysfunctional mitochondria uh, and you get this, this um, you get overabundance of mitochondria as well, which are working yes. abnormally to produce oxphos as well. It's not just glycolysis. You get, um, you get too much oxphos, particularly in some types of breast cancer. They use much more oxphos than they do glycolysis sometimes, you know. Um, so you've actually got to be wary of the fact that if you're blocking the glycolysis, you also need to block the oxphos because it's a compensatory pathway. So those know, two are one, real key. It, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But then, you know, but you could use the two cholesterol pathways as a key, you know, or you could use nucleoside salvage and the pentose phosphate pathway. Those two are synergistic as well, or mTOR and autophagy. Those two are synergistic. So there are a lot of pairings that go on on my metro map. You know, those are all on my met metro map and they, they, they work together. You know, you block one, you've got to block the other one as well. Um, so yeah, have you um, actually developed a course for like teaching practitioners, like, like people coaching? Like, no, I haven't got that far yet. Okay, I'm, oh, can I enroll? <laughs> and, and yeah, people want trained, coach certified, yeah, you yeah, know, uh, how to serve cancer coaches and I, it will be in the pipeline at some point you, know? you need a bigger <laughs> just, team <laughs> I, I know I do it's just me effectively so yeah I, I, I really do and I need to bring on board um doctors to help me do this and I have got some who um who are willing well I had one who's unfortunately just headed off to do another project of sort of his own invention of looking at um killing off cancer stem cells in the circulation which is looks terrific but he's now totally encompassed with that yeah, yeah yeah so I've kind of lost him but he was going to help me but I've got other doctors who I, I, I may team up with to, well, any to do doctors this. listening to this there's a few um <laughs> if you want to you want a really and I, good I've life got, project I've got cocktails for say pancreatic cancer for example this is crying out for a really good cocktail of off-label drugs and supplements to actually you know knock it on the head and I, I've been it's something I've been working on for, you know, uh, I'm trying to look more specifically at uh, different types of cancer now and just try and work out really good cocktails for each one. Or every, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's now, you know, having done the online course, updated the book, done yeah, this, it's huge. you know, I've now, yeah, and I've, I've got, got grand hopes to do this app, which will help people with specifics for different types of cancer. But that, you know, it's a massive project. And um, again, it'll be down to me doing a lot of the background, back end stuff. And we need I some venture you know, capital or I something. <laughs> I, I don't. You know, I feel exhausted just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I hear you. It's kind of like a mountain, which I've already started to climb. Now, how far I get up that mountain, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I've got cocktails that I really want to try and have trials of. Uh, uh, and, you know, I just, one day, one day I'm hoping. Yeah, you know, we, need some, can... we need some funding, basically. I mean, it's like it's the same yeah. with all, everything. It's the stuff that I'm doing too. I could just, you, we've got to have funding in order to grow, have yeah, a team to exactly. have, so that you're not yeah. answering all the specific emails and you're not doing that. I know. You know, I, know I am. <laughs> I know. And it's, yeah. And I, it, it, I get so many emails and messages and things that actually I never get time to do the stuff I really want to do. Here. Um, and I, I, I kind of feel I need to just say enough. Don't don't contact me. I just yep. need to focus on the next thing, and uh, and just and then that's a catch twenty two because coming on yeah. things like this podcast that takes your time and resources, but also brings the word out to more people. Hopefully, but it's finding the right thing. So, if, well, if I can help you in any way, please. And I'm, you know, unfortunately. Um, not that rich and powerful that I can just go, well, here you go, Jane. <laughs> you know, maybe some rich and powerful person will hear this. Who knows? Exactly. exactly. Um, and, because this is know, a worthy, worthy, worthy cause. This yeah, is a really worthy cause. cancer, for example, you know, you're given such a short space of time to try and find the answers. Um, oh, and ferroptosis, so I think, is, is really critical for, for pancreatic cancer. It should work like a dream. And I just want people to, um, you know, as long as you could get the right cocktail to to get it to work. And this is the thing. Again, cancer has escape routes to sort of get around it from, you know, get around the the, the ferroptosis happening. It actually pumps out the cancer cell will pump out iron in the right. If it's being asked to sort of create a ferroptosis, then it will go, oh, right, we better get rid of this iron. And it pumps it out. Well, CBD actually uh helps stop that process so again that's another another thing another one. you'll find that in the, the yeah you'll read about that in my have you got my second edition yet yes yeah. oh, okay brilliant is it the second edition the one with ferroptosis no because i'm um um I, I think i actually have the older book right, i don't okay. think i have the new book okay. and i'm still yeah and I'm still because we're five weeks in, right? From yeah. from the initial. Right. Okay, okay, <laughs> doing well, blimey! You're only five weeks in, and you've already, wow! You've done you you learning curve is you've obviously got Steve. a background which knows a lot already. Which well, that's it's called um, desperation. It's called desperation, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and many many long nights of study and study and study, and 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 that's why I'm slightly confused still, you know, and I've still got to get yeah. to the well, ferroptosis. It will get now. clearer. It will yeah. get clearer. The problem with ferroptosis is that it is a kill phase, and there are certain antioxidants that need to be Cut stopped out. to prevent it, but to to activate it rather. Um, but the, you know, you you can't. I, I think as long as you are heading down a sort of a starve protocol, you can't go that wrong. Yep. Um, 
you know. So, um, well, Jane, I don't want to take up any more of your evening with your family. Um, <laughs> you're so generous. You're just a, a really generous, genuine, amazing person. Um, thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for being so honest in the book and um, because you just say it like it is and it's such a powerful book. Everybody has to go and get How to Starve Cancer. And if you are actually do, got a cancer journey that you're on and you're listening to this or somebody you know uh, has, then you must do the course. You must do the How to Starve Cancer course by Jane mcclellan and you can reach out to me you can reach out to jane um, if you want to jane have you got any um final words that you want to share anything that i didn't cover anything any links that you want to get across anything that you want to promote uh where do, where do people find you and all of that sort of good stuff yeah so um best place to look for my online course and my book is probably my website which is howtostarvecancer.com um, and i've got a link to both the book and the online course as well um, and we can send out pretty much anywhere, I think. And if you actually, I said the US for places like New Zealand and Australia, but actually you might be better off going to the UK site because it's cheaper. Yep. It'll take a bit longer, yep. <laughs> but the um, it will get there. Uh, I'm doing until the end of October, so only a few days now, But and, and this may go out after this is um, uh, available. But this uh, I'm doing a free book with every online course purchase at the moment. Yep. Um, that's brilliant. Occasionally, I'll do, occasionally I'll do special offers as well. But, I, you know, the, the the big thing is to just don't give up, um, keep learning and, you know, just enjoy every moment that you possibly can. I mean, it's very hard. You know, you have good days, you have bad days. There are times when there's, you know, pain involved as well. It can be really tricky, but um, um, I, I would say keep going. And it, it requires organisation yes. to do this yes. kind of protocol. You do have to be very... Uh, strict about sort of taking pills at particular times and it's a bit like HIV this is this is what HIV patients had to start doing in the 80s they had these huge cocktails because it's the same thing you've got to block different pathways mm -hmm. exactly the same approach is that mm -hmm. you have a cocktail and you have to take it three times a day otherwise you know it didn't work properly and it's the same same approach with cancer you have to block those pathways you have to take it at, you know at, at regular intervals in order to stop the cancer being able to sort of you know if you if you don't block something it'll come back in a few hours for 12 hours you know um well if you take it lasting you, you've got to take some stuff for lasting at night i would say like melatonin uh, mm -hmm. ldn um, I think those are, are quite critical at, at night um, and, and that will carry you through. The, the metabolism of cancer is much lower at night anyway, so don't worry too much about sort of the overnight stuff. During the day, the cancer actually becomes more, much more active because your metabolism is it's much more, more active. active. So, so, so yeah, because the dosages, um, yeah. uh, I'm still, you know, maybe that comes later in the course, but I'm, I yeah, haven't I'm, been I'm sure. Yeah, I'm just about to post just about to post um, uh, some dosages of general, right. you know, the, the, the key supplements and um, drugs and things. And I've, this is not me saying this because obviously I'm not a doctor, but these are dosages advice. that I've got from various doctors that uh, work in this area and yep. who are sort of doing my approach. Yep. So, um, yeah, this is just to give some guidelines for people. It's not a sort of a you have to do this or yeah, you know, because it's not personalized. Yeah. No, yeah. And you always, always should get a doctor involved with any drug, even aspirin, you know, just double check um, with interactions, et cetera. It's really important. Very, very important. I mean, yeah, yeah. we've just done that. 
Jane, thank you so much. I'm so grateful okay, for pleasure, you. Okay, pleasure, Lisa. You, you are about <laughs> Please keep doing what you're doing and don't give up. It's so okay. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com. 